I met him a couple times. He was an amazing person. I, I can't tell you how good of a person we lost. I grew up in Jaden Finch. I hated cops. My daughter is in Sudbury doing police academy now, and I'm perfectly fine with it because of Mo. We lost a great person. Yeah, that was one of the callers into Greg's uh, Greg Brady's show earlier this morning. Um, the death of two officers, the killing of two officers in a place like South Simcoe in Innisville is the kind of thing that everyone knows everybody. And so there's a close connection. And so he knew Constable Russell, who was killed, and um, he was killed alongside Constable Devin Northrup. And we're starting to learn a lot about the man who pulled the trigger and led to the murder of these two officers, a very troubled 23-year-old man who clearly posed a threat to his grandparents who called for help. I mean, you can only imagine how they are feeling right now. Uh, It's just they, too, uh, carry a heavy burden right now. But the early reports suggest that Chris Doncaster barricaded himself somehow behind a door in that home, that he was armed, as Catherine McDonald of Global finds out, with an SKS semi-auto rifle, So the questions that we need to find out is, how did he get it? Who owned it? Was it his weapon? Was it his grandfather's? Was it registered? Did he just go out and buy it? Because this is not a banned weapon. I mean, if you can, you know, if you've got 550 550 bucks, you can go out and buy this particular weapon uh, right now. But I want to bring Tony Bernardo into this conversation. He's the executive of the Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Tony, when it comes to gun issues, you are my go-to on this. So thanks for joining us. Well, it's it's not my pleasure, unfortunately, yeah. else because I hate doing these terrible, terrible tragedies. But yeah. Well, look. You, you yeah. Go ahead. Information. No, you need the information. What? What is so? Most people, I, I don't think, know what this particular weapon is. So, what is this semi-automatic weapon? What can it do, and how does it work? Is it the kind of gun that you pull the trigger and it just rifles off a whole bunch of shots? Like, what is it about this gun that it's no. used for? Um, it, it is a very, very common firearm in Canada. As a matter of fact, it might be one of the most common. Um, mm-hmm. Estimates on importation into Canada are about a quarter million of them. Jeez, yeah. So this is, and they're, yeah, this, this, they're a hunting rifle. Absolutely. Well, they, I mean, originally they were a World War II uh, rifle that was instituted as a stopgap for the Russian military from 1945 to 1947, um, when the uh, communist bloc happened, the Russians gave the technology to all the rest of the countries in the communist bloc because they didn't want to give them the AK-47 technology. So they were built in Albania, Poland, Yugoslavia, China, Vietnam. I mean, they're they're just ubiquitous. There's, There's millions of them manufactured. And in Canada, like I said, about a quarter million imported because they're cheap, they're reliable, um, they're a very good hunt, um, entry-level hunting rifle. And that's what a lot of them were used for. As a matter of fact, my, my own son got his first deer with an SKS rifle. I mean, it, it's very common. So let me ask you this. Is this a kind of weapon? I mean, because there were a number of shots fired. We don't know who shot who at what point, how many right. actual uh, bullets were fired. But is it the kind of gun that you have to reload, you know, to pull back? Or do, do you get a pretty rapid fire immediately? It, it will fire one round for each squeeze of the trigger, but only five rounds because all semi-automatic. Okay. So you would have to reload every time. That, that's right. And reloading it is not that quick. It's not like it's a magazine that you can snap in and out of the bottom. It has to be loaded from the top. 
it's very dated. You know, the the uh, the Russians gave them to their Inuit, just like we gave Lee Enfield to our Inuit for the purposes of their sustenance and survival. You know, it's quite quite a dated firearm. Interestingly, though, you know, there's a lot of debate on this. And so there'll be a lot of questions asked, like where, you know, whose gun was it? Was it this young man's gun? Was it owned by his grandfather? Maybe his grandfather was a hunter once upon a time. Bottom line is it's not an illegal weapon. So it it could have belonged to anybody in that house. He could have bought it off someone else. Who knows? But we do need to know who owned it because it was used to kill two police officers, which then, as you well know, Tony, because you've been dealing with this for a lot, will become a debate of pitting legal gun owners versus, you know, the illegal uh, gun bandits who are out there, you know, riddling the streets across this country with bullets. Um, Two different arguments. But this will very much become a debate as the Trudeau government will want to use this and probably this very example to further ban weapons. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably likely, Alex. You've seen this happen a million times before. You know, it, it's sort of anything they they can grasp and get their, their teeth sunk into. The fact is, literally hundreds of thousands of these things are in the hands of hunters all over Canada. Hunters target shooters, informal sportsmen. You know, they're they're just common, just common. They're everywhere. They're like, you know, the Honda Civic of the gun world. They're just everywhere. So where do you see this particular issue going? Um, because the bottom line is, hunters are going to use this weapon. Certainly if you're new to, to hunting or you want to pick up a weapon, I would think that this is the kind that you turn to. But when you get the public debate going on such a high-profile issue, um, it, it, it'll be very difficult to have an actual debate laid with facts. Yeah, and because of the physical characteristics of this Firearm. We use the term firearm uh, because yeah. for sport, sports persons, they're not weapons; they're firearms. Um, but but um, with this particular firearm, uh, there there are so many of them, and they're enjoyed by so many people. And the fact that they're non-restricted; they're just a regular rifle. Yeah. And uh, you know, because of that, they're not registered. There's no uh, way of knowing who has them and who has what. Um, I, I think that the the government on this particular one will probably just probably stay fairly quiet on this. I mean, th- there is no possible way that the liberals in their in their wildest dreams could be able able to round these up. There's no one to round them up from. You do have to have a firearms license to buy one, and you mm-hmm. have to be subject to daily background checks daily. There's a background check done on every person who has a firearm license in Canada yeah. every day. Yeah, so, so so let me stop you there because that's interesting because th- this young man was said to be at one point in, in the, the military for about five months. Um, and, and we don't know if there were mental illness issues. We know that there was a troubled past. Those things will be sorted out. And so it really comes down to who owned the gun? How did he get it? Did he go and right. get a check? Did he have a background check? Was he given this gun, allowed to buy it, and, it, and there were flags up? So those things, until we get those answers, it, it is a bit too soon to be uh, jumping on the ban this one. Because to your point, I don't think uh, gun owners would give this one up easily no i don't think so i mean there's just so many of them but you're absolutely right you know one one of the problems here is that firearms owners face this kind of 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 trauma all the time this this young man may have come out of the military he may have been messed up he may have gotten a firearms license a legal 
firearms license and bought the gun himself. It could be any one of a number of the 26 million firearms there are in Canada. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know anything yet, you know? So it's, it, it really, it, a lot of it has to deal with how this type of situation is dealt with. The, the knee-jerk reaction of, well, he uses the Honda Civic for the getaway, so let's ban Honda Civics. You know, that, that simply doesn't work. It doesn't work with Honda Civics, and it doesn't work with 26 million firearms either. You, you need to be a little more focused on yeah. what you're trying to accomplish, right? Nonetheless, Tony, you know the conversation's coming, as is the debate, oh, and yeah. certainly the politicization of this, but it is uh, certainly, I think the facts will bear out on this. Appreciate your time always. Thank you. But always no problem. Thanks, Alex. That's Tony Bernardo, who's an executive over at the Canadian Shooting Sports Association. And just so you know, look, I, I am not a gun owner. I'll never be a gun owner. I don't like guns. It's not my thing. Never have. But I do, on this issue, deal with facts. And, and, and given the crime and the court coverage I've done, I, I can confidently say legal gun owners are not the issue. Still, there can be cases, certainly, where a legal weapon was used. But by and large, the data bears out that gun crime in our major cities, like Toronto, are being carried out with illegal weapons. So when we see gun policy come out, I don't want it done on these, you know, trigger reactions to headlines. It's not going to solve it. But nonetheless, we will, I'm sure, in time, and not in the far too distant uh, future, get the details of how this guy, who clearly had issues, got the gun. And then hopefully we can answer some of the questions.